Welcome to the White Hatter Parenting and Online World Podcast. On this podcast, we're going to take a more holistic approach to online safety in an enlightening and not frightening way, based upon facts and not fear. We will provide parents, caregivers, and educators with real-world examples, experiences, and evidence-based research that will help to keep our kids safer emotionally, psychologically, physically, and even socially when they're navigating today's online world. Let's get after it, shall we? Well, welcome everybody. I'm Darren and I'm excited to be your host. And on this podcast, we're going to talk about teens and sextortion. But to do this, we must first define what sextortion is. So here's my definition. Sextortion is a serious crime that occurs when someone, either known or unknown, threatens to publicly distribute your private intimate image or video that you sent them if you don't provide further sexualized images or video, sexual favors, money, or financial alternatives such as e-gift cards like an iTunes cards. It is so important that youth and teens, no matter what their sexual orientation or gender identity, as well as parents and caregivers, become more aware of the pretexts, tactics, and strategies being used specific to this online threat. Given my 30 years in law enforcement, I became a student of history when it came to tactics. As Sun Tzu, a wise and ancient Chinese warrior, once stated, if you know thy enemy and you know yourself, you need not fear the results of a hundred battles. If we parents and caregivers can understand the tricks and the lures that these online predators will use, we can now create counter tactics that we can share with our kids. An important note, stranger danger education of the past doesn't work, especially when it comes to sextortion in the online world today. Why? Because the internet and social media have changed the traditional binary meaning of the word friend. To say an online follower, subscriber, or friend is not the same thing as a real friend is often factually incorrect in today's online world. Doing so will only result in your child ignoring your message of online safety as boomer logic. Sometimes an online follower can be a friend and sometimes not. However, sometimes a friend can also be an online frenemy. Identifying anyone online, either known or unknown, who has bad intentions based upon a label, be it the label being a stranger, a friend, a follower, a subscriber, can often be a significant challenge for youth and even adults in today's online world. Again, this is why parents need to move away from teaching stranger danger and start teaching situational danger when it comes to keeping our kids safer in the online world. Remember, it is much easier for youth to understand dangerous situations rather than a stranger profile, and this is what today's podcast is all about. It's been our experience that there are two categories of sextortion that parents, caregivers, and teens need to know about. The first category of sextortion is committed by someone who the intended target knows, loves, or trusts. Here, nudes are shared in an intimate relationship and are later posted after the relationship ends as a revenge weapon utilized for peer embarrassment or as a threat to be published if a partner is considering leaving a relationship. A good example, a partner says to another partner, if you break up with me, I'm going to send your nudes to everyone at school. However, the second and the largest category sextortion is often committed by someone the youth or teen does not know and just met online. Someone who we like to call the capper, which is short for capturing. Although cappers can be located anywhere in the world, it has been our experience that many operate as organized online crime groups and are usually located in Russia, Southeast Asia, Somalia, or Nigeria. Why? Because risks are low that law enforcement will get involved and any subsequent legal consequences are next to nothing. 
In this podcast, we're going to be concentrating primarily on the second category of sextortionist, or what we call the capper. Now, from January 2020 to June 2022, we here at the White Hatter have now helped 87 teens, 85 identified as teen boys, two identified as teen girls, and all were under the age of 18, the youngest being 13 years, who were targeted online by a sexual capper and then extorted for money. In all these cases, the sextortion took place in under 30 minutes of initial first contact with the targeted youth online. For some perspective, here are some interesting 2022 stats and facts from the Canadian Centre for Child Protection specific to youth sextortion in Canada. They found between December 2021 and May 2022, they saw a 150% increase in youth being sextorted in Canada. Cybertips.ca on average received 57 teen sextortion reports per month from across Canada, and 87% of sextortion incidences were targeted towards those who identified as teen boys. This is also reflected in the cases that we've assisted with teens and families across Canada as well. So now that we know what sextortion is and who the capper is, let's talk about the sextortion pretext. In other words, how does the capper bait their digital hook to capture their target? Often the capper will initiate contact with a youth utilizing social media platforms that are popular with teens such as Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok, Omegle, Emerald Chat, and even gaming sites. Once contact is initiated, one or a combination of these three strategies are often used. Strategy number one is what we like to call the baiting or the grooming phase. Here, the capper will unsolicitedly connect with the teen, often pretending to be the opposite gender of the intended target. They use a curated fake account, also known as a sock puppet, that is peppered with screen scraped pictures that they've copied from the internet as the bait. Remember, wherever youth are online, no matter what the platform, there will be those who will want to target our kids for online predation and exploitation using these fake accounts. A common trait of these sock puppet accounts that we've identified, often they will have a high following number combined with a high follower number, but the actual number of posts made by the owner of the account will be extremely small, usually under five. Most will also contain information in the bio that will lead to a link where more private communi communications can take place, like a Snapchat account link. Now, Here's a real-world example of an unsolicited first contact initiated by a capper that was directed at a teen here in Canada that we helped, who was targeted and lured online using a sock puppet account. This led to the capper convincing the targeted teen to move over to Snapchat, where the actual sexual online acts took place, which were then covertly recorded and used to extort the teen. Capper, how are you doing? Teen, good, how are you? Capper. Not bad either. Where are you from? Teen. BC Canada. What about you? Capper. Vancouver. Teen. Nice. I'm from Langley. How old are you? Capper. 17. 18 in a few weeks. How about you? Teen. 17 in a few months. He was actually much younger than that. Capper. Oh, cool. What do you do for fun? Teen. Basketball. What about you? Capper, I love to hang out with my friends and I love tennis and sexy games too. Teen, nice. Capper, yeah. Teen, what do you mean by sexy games? Capper, it's just exchanging of pictures without screenshots, but on Snapchat though. 
15. What's your snap? Capper. My Snapchat account is blank, 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 blank. Teen. Okay, I'll add you. Did you get it? Now, once the capper connects with the teen, usually via a direct message, they will escalate their interaction sexually to the point where they will ask the youth, as just mentioned above, to move to a more private communication platform such as a Google Hangout, Skype, Instagram, private messaging, or Snapchat messaging. This is something known as off-platforming by the capper community. Why is off-platforming important to the capper? Because they want to cut the prey from the herd. Privacy becomes their primary goal before they make their move to sextort. Once they have moved the teen to a more private communication platform, they will begin to exchange sexualized language, which then escalates to nude pictures or live video of sexual acts being shared. However, unknown to the teen, everything being shared, be it text, pictures, or video, is actually being covertly recorded without their knowledge, which will then be used for the purposes of extorting money or obtaining financial goods such as iTunes cards or even obtaining more nudes from their intended target. Now, once the nude has been captured, the next step that is common is what we call a direct threat. Here, it is used as a pressure tactic and a manipulation tactic. The capper will threaten to forward the screen captures or a recorded video to a teen's friend, followers, or a school's Facebook or Instagram account. This tactic increases the likelihood of compliance by stating that if the targeted teen doesn't pay the ransom or send more nudes, then the nudes the capper does possess will be sent to a youth's friends, followers, or their school's public social media account. It has been our experience that although this type of threat is common, it is not often carried out. However, we also know of some rare cases where this threat has been carried out, especially on Snapchat. In fact, we've helped one teen in particular and their family who were where this, in fact, did happen. Now, the last tactic that we have seen is what we categorize as an implied threat. Here, the capper will connect with the teen on a social media platform where they will send their target a direct message saying that they have seen nudes of the teen on a specific site. They will then attach a phishing link that directs the teen to see where the nudes have been posted. Once the student clicks on the link, it will take them to a fake social media account sign-in page where the teen will often enter their username and password, which is now captured by the capper. The capper now having this information will sign into the teen's social media account take it over, lock the teen out, and hold the account hostage unless the teen sends them money or further nudes. Now teens are smart. Because of the news, social media safety educational programs like ours and learning from their peers who've fallen victim to this extortion, many are aware of the tactics being used by cappers to bait them into this extortion trap. However, cappers are adapting to teen countermeasures. In the past, and still continuing today, cappers will often use screen scrape nudes from porn sites or looping recorded porn video as their bait. Many teens know this and therefore will employ counter tactics in an attempt to confirm that the person they're interacting with via a private live stream is in fact a real person and not a looping recorded porn video. As an example, a teen will ask the other person they are communicating with to touch their nose or to make the OK sign with their hand. If the person they're interacting with does not comply with this request, many teens will assume they are in fact interacting with a video and will break from all further discussions. However, since January 2022, we've helped several teens and their families where the teen ended up being extorted online by a real teen female they first met in an open social network. As the youth was being groomed online, they were convinced to transition over to a more private space to engage in sexualized behavior that no one else could see. 
In these cases, rather than using a recorded looping nude video, the, the female was a real person who sexually engaged with the youth via live streaming video. We believe the females in these cases are not willing participants, but likely victims of human trafficking that a capper was using as the lure to hook their intended target. However, in some cases, they may be willing participants. As an example, here's an actual posting that we located on the dark web that was posted by a capper. Quote, by a happy coincidence, I now have a girl that I will partner with in order to make some money e-whoring with. She's in her mid-twenties, attractive, more the cute type of girl. She told me she would do pictures and video and also send verifications when people asked for it. Close quote. Once their intended target shares an intimate image or video of themselves, the actual capper behind the camera will then reveal the trap and begin the extortion process. In all the cases that we've assisted with where a real person was used, the capper also sent screenshots they captured from the recorded video or a picture sent to several online friends of the youth that they located on the targeted teen's Snapchat or Instagram account as a part of the extortion process to increase pressure on the targeted teen to pay a ransom. Most teens have been educated about capping and sextortion, where pictures and recorded looping video are commonly used as the bait. However, many are not aware that some cappers have upped their game and are now using real teen females who are likely being forced to engage in live sexual acts by commercialized sexual exploiters and cappers as the lure. A teen who we recently helped shared this with us, quote, I took all their precautions to ensure it wasn't a recording, but I was still fooled because it was a real live person who was my age. Now with the permission of a 15 year old teen and their parent who we helped, I'm gonna share with you an actual grooming process of a teen that was conducted in a private social media messaging stream. So here we go. Capper, hi, how are you? Teen, good, how about you? Do you live in France? Capper, I'm fine, a little bit bored. Uh, kind of thing we know each other but you know Facebook was created to make friends I saw your profile at the right to my screen I like make new friends am I bothering you teen where are you from capper okay you look cool nice to meet you I'm Estelle where do you live teen nice to meet you too capper never been in this part of Swiss I'm from France but at the moment I'm in Maryland I came to visit my sister how old are you teen oh that's cool I'm 19 in this case, they were actually 15. Capper, I just turned 20 last March, and what what do you do for work? Teen, you know, I've been to France before on holidays. It's very cool. I'm going to school right now. How about you? Capper, okay, that's awesome. I'm a hairdresser at home in France, but since I came to America for the summer, I do nothing at this time, but on my return to France, I will go to a casting to be a model. It's my dream to become a model, LOL. Do you have a girlfriend? Teen, haha, <laughs> that's awesome, good for you. Capper, okay, I'm single too. I'm looking for a good man one day. What do you do for fun? <laughs> but you're far away, and I, I have an idea. What is your name on Gmail? I want to add you on Hangout, and we will chat in private there. Remember, they'll try to move him from a private, or sorry, a public social media account into a private account. Teen, what is Hangouts? Capper, I sent you a message on Hangouts, answer me. Teen. I just installed the app. It isn't showing up. Uh, do you want to send me another? Capper. Add me on Hangouts. Call me now. You see me now? Teen. Yeah, I see you. Capper. 
write me. I have a problem with my microphone, okay? I cannot wait for you to write me, okay? Now, one of the reasons they say they had a problem with the microphone is because they don't want the person who they're targeting to know that they're actually male because the person they're targeted probably thinks they're female. So they will fake the fact that their their mic doesn't work for that reason. Teen, can you hear me? Capper, you're very beautiful. Teen, so are you. Can you hear my voice? Capper, I'm excited. I want to see your beautiful blank and you will see my beautiful blank uh another word for kitty cat starts with the letter p teen okay you go first capper um, go down on your cam on your beautiful blank and you'll see me uh touch my blank now teen the video is laggy though capper drop your camera on your beautiful blank and i'll see a, and you'll see me touch my blank now teen the cam's not really working capper so, sir, right now this video is on channel YouTube, but in a private world. That is to say, it is you and I who know its existence. So, if you try to hold me up, I swing the link of your video to your loved ones, your friends, your family, and your place of work. So, you're going to stay calm and discuss the removal of your video. Answer all my questions as I do this for a good cause. Okay, I am the devil who came to earth to show you hell on earth. Then if you want to try to stand up to me, you'll regret it for the rest of your life. I swear, I swear to you that only one stupidity and I will react very badly by rotting your life. So stay calm and listen to me very well if you really want your privacy and your image. You know very well that I can do it. In addition, your video is a video of a pedophile that is forbidden on the net and by the law. Then if published, you will do the rest of your life in prison. I swear to you because I am the most determined to make you know hell. So stay calm and answer my questions to the end of this video uh, case once and for all. So he's now revealed that he's now set the trap. He's now revealed it and he's now captured the teen. So you can only imagine the panic mode that this teen is in. So teen, question mark. What do you want, bro? What do you want to delete it? Capper, I swear, if you try to block me or withdraw on Facebook, I will ruin your life with this well-understood video. Teen, what do you want? Capper, I'm on the verge of rotting your life, but it will depend upon your actions. If you uh, so want to see me post this video everywhere, you will calm down and answer my questions and everything will be fine. Okay, what do you want? What do you want, bro? It was at this time that this teen knew that he was in trouble, had remembered me speaking at their school, so they then connected with me for help, and working with him and his parents, we were able to help that teen, and no ransom was paid, and the pictures that were screen captured were not forwarded to anybody else. But you can only imagine the panic mode that this teen was now in once it was re revealed that they were now being targeted for sextortion. <laughs> Yes, awareness of this crime is key. However, sometimes all the awareness and education on the topic may not be good enough, and youth or teens can still fall victim to extortion. If this happens, here are our recommendations. Number one, do not pay any ransom that this person may be asking for. If you pay, you will be labeled a whale, and they will come back for more. If money was paid, connect with your bank or credit card vendor to see if it can be canceled, which we've helped several families do in the past. Number two, immediately stop all communications with this person. This is so important because the longer you speak with them or discuss or text them or do whatever it is, and they may even try to call you as well, the longer you communicate, the more likely it is they think they're going to get something from you. So you need to immediately stop all communications with the person. 
Number three, screen capture all communications as evidence if possible. This is especially important if you're going to go forward to the police. Why? Because in step four, uh, because this is a crime known as extortion, you should report it to the police. If the capper is someone you know personally, often police can assist to get the intimate picture or video deleted. However, if the capper is someone you do not know, then it has been our experience that people who do this are online are usually located in Russia, Southeast Asia, Somalia, and Nigeria. And because of this fact, there is often not much the police can do immediately to help. However, we still recommend that you report it to the police, but that is a choice you need to make. Also, by reporting it to the police, they can work with the Canadian Centre for Child Protection. If you have the nude that your child sent, they will take it and do something that is called a hash, which is basically digitally fingerprinting the picture, the nude picture or video that was sent, so that if it does appear online, it will immediately be identified and a program that they use called Project Arachnid uh, is then instituted and action is then taken to have it taken down wherever possible. Good example, recently we helped an adult who was located in Canada who fell victim to a extortion. After connecting with us, she followed our suggestions, police got involved, and the offender was located and arrested in the United States. Unfortunately, the offender was able to post both her intimate pictures and videos to several sites online, but we were successful in having all of them removed. Number five, do not block or delete this person until after you speak with the police or they let you know to go ahead and do so. Some police departments may want to initiate what is called an account takeover where they pretend to be your child to gather more evidence. However, if you're not going to speak with the police, immediately block and delete this person. After you've done this, they will attempt to reconnect with your child via a variety of different social media feeds or social networks for the next 24 to 48 hours. Again, block and delete. Also, do not accept any friends or follower requests on any of your platforms for the next 48 hours. Number six, in some cases, you may decide to delete your child's account. If you do not decide to delete it, privatize it, change your password, and ensure to turn on two-factor authentication if it is offered to further protect the account. Number seven, it's been our experience dealing with 87 teens that we've now worked with that the nude will likely not be redistributed widely. In only two cases, the nude was sent to a few select number of friends as a part of the pressure campaign to get you to pay the ransom. If this happens and your child's face was not in the picture, then they will have deniability and can say that that's not me to those few friends and followers who were sent the picture or video. If their face was in the picture, it does make it more difficult, but good friends will not redistribute. Many of the most popular social networks are now using really good artificial intelligence so that if a nude is posted, it will often, not always, be deleted fairly quickly by the social network. If not, then connecting with the social media site directly to request a takedown is strongly recommended and something that I'll talk about at the end of this podcast. Number eight, usually after 48 hours, this person will move on to another target because time is money to these criminals. If they think they can get anything from you, they will continue to put time and effort into their pressure campaign. Thus, why blocking and deleting and having no more interactions is so important. Number nine, the next step is we want you to set up Google Alerts. So go into Google, type in Google Alerts, it will take you to the Google Alerts page. Now, you will need a Gmail account to use this tool. In the Google Alerts search bar, type your child's name in quotation marks. So good example, quotation mark, Darren Lore, close quotation mark. 
By doing this, Google will search their full name every day, and if the nude gets posted or reposted and tagged with your child's name in the surface web or what's called the light web, Google will likely pick up on it and send you an alert to your Gmail account. Now, if you get an alert, don't panic. There may be hundreds of other people in the world who have the same first and last name as your child's. So if you do get an alert, click on it and make sure it is your child. If it is your child's nude, you will now know where it is being hosted online and can then make an application to have it taken down as child pornography if your child is under the age of 18. Number 10, you need to let your child know that no matter what the online challenge they face, you are there to help without criticism or judgment. If your child does come forward to let you know they are being extorted, take a few deep breaths and then hug your child and let them know you are there to help. Remember, disclosure is the first step in the recovery process for your child. They sought you out for help, not often an easy task for teens and not your criticism, your ridicule, your embarrassment or your punishment. Reasonable consequences to actions can be discussed after the crisis has passed. Until then, be that supportive mama or papa bear that your child needs uh, to help them navigate their perceived crisis. And don't play the blame game. Remember, in most families, a parent's love for their child is unconditional love. Your child needs to know that although you may not like the fact that they sent a nude, you will still love them and are there to help protect them from further harm. Again, we know how traumatic an intimate image or video that goes or is threatened to go public online can be for youth. Remember, once the camper reveals themselves, they will induce uh, stress, anxiety, and discomfort so that the victim will make decisions that contravene their best interests. This is especially true with youth and teens. In fact, Dr. Hadland, Chief of Adolescent Medicine at Mass General Hospital in Boston, stated in a CNN interview recently on the topic of sextortion, quote, Teens' brains are still developing, so when something catastrophic happens, like a personal picture is released to people online, it's hard for them to look past the moment and understand that in the big scheme of things, they'll be able to get through this. Close quote. So God forbid, what if my pictures or videos get posted? Now what? Now, quick caveat. As social media vendors update the reporting protocols, takedown procedures can change without warning. What I'm about to share with you are current at the time of publishing this podcast. Remember, no matter what social media platform you will be connecting with to request a takedown, it is important that you share these six essential elements with the social media vendor if possible. Number one, screen capture the intimate image or video that was posted as evidence, as well as the URL where it's located on the internet. The URL is required in most takedown requests. Number two, confirm that your child is the person in the intimate image or video that was posted. Number three, confirm the age at the time of the intimate image or video was posted. This is especially true if at the time of the production of the picture of the video, your child was under the age of 18 years, which would make it child pornography, which is a federal crime in Canada and in most countries. Number four, confirm that your child did not post the intimate image or video and they did not give consent to anyone else to post the intimate image or video, which is a federal crime in Canada. Number five, if you notified the police, provide the name of the police department, the police case number, and the investigating officer. Often this can expedite a social media platform to take an image down. Number six, include the section of the social media terms of service that the image or video violates. Most social media vendors state clearly that posting of any nudity is a clear violation of their policy and subject to immediate removal. An important note here, 
If you're reporting the non-consensual distribution of an intimate image or video to the police, which we highly encourage, we recommend that before you start connecting with a social media platform to have it taken down, ensure that the police give you the go-ahead to do so first. In some cases, and depending upon the police agency, law enforcement may need to gather required evidence before a takedown action is initiated. We've written a guide on how to request the removal of non-consensual posted images or videos from the most popular social networks that we will attach to the podcast notes at the end of this podcast. We must emphasize that in most extortion cases that we've been involved in, where it was a stranger, the capper, that targeted a team for sextortion, in the vast majority of cases, the nude is not redistributed. But we can't guarantee this fact. However, in most cases, after 48 hours, these cappers will just move on to their next target and the nude will not be posted widely online. It is so important that teens, no matter what their sexual orientation or gender identity and their parents become more aware of the pretext, tactics, and strategies being used by the online cappers, specific to this clear and present threat of online sextortion. As mentioned at the beginning of this podcast, Sun Tzu, a wise and ancient warrior, once stated, If you know thy enemy and know yourself, you need not fear the results of a hundred battles. For those listening to this podcast, thank you. And if you're looking for more in-depth information on this topic, check out our free web book that you can find on our website at www.thewhitehatter.ca. It's chock-a-block full of information specific to this topic, more than what I could discuss here on this podcast, plus a whole lot more that we believe parents need to know when it comes to raising their kids in today's on-life world. So thank you all for listening, and until our next podcast, have a great week, everybody. Bye now.